I love it. How do you say like in Dutch, how do you say something like, let's go? Or, you know, some sort of expression. <laughs> it's like another that. one of those like Englishisms that, that probably translates to roughly the same in, in Dutch. Um, but you could say zet hem op. Zet hem op. Like, zet hem yeah. op. There we go. Welcome to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. Every week we'll be talking shop with lacrosse goalies, coaches, and special guests. This is the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. Now your host, Coach Damon Wilson. Oh, uh, yeah! Ladies and gentlemen, goalies from around the world, welcome to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. I'm your host, Coach Damon, and this is the show 100% dedicated to the lacrosse goalie. And on this show, it is, of course, my job to track down the best goalies we've got. The best goalies in our sport, interview them, find out what makes them so great, what makes them tick, how do they think about this position, what are some drills that they do, what are some challenges that they have, so you can take a few things and apply them to your own game. My guest on the show this week is the goalie from Team Netherlands. It's Thomas Heitzma. Great timing on this because Thomas and his entire team, Netherlands team, Dutch team, is in Europe, in Poland, for the European qualifiers, April 2022. In fact, today, April 11th, when I'm recording this right now, I'm not sure when this episode will come out, but they're playing Sweden. Uh, So all this week, European qualifiers, check that out. But it's awesome to hear the story of an international goalie. I think it's the first international goalie I've had on the show uh, and it's great to hear Thomas's story, how he found the sport of lacrosse. Obviously, we talk about different hotbeds of lacrosse. You know, he's coming from a country where lacrosse isn't even a isn't even a popular sport. So awesome to hear his story. Hope you take a thing or two and learn from this conversation with Team Netherlands goalie Thomas Heitzma. Before we start this episode, I want to read a word from our sponsor, and that is the Lacrosse Goalie Summit. We recently concluded the summit in March, where 13 amazing coaches gave absolutely incredible presentations about how to level up your lacrosse goalie game. We had Coach Jack Runkle talking about communication. We had a mental toughness coach. We had a mindset coach, a mindfulness coach. We had Amber Hill talking about mental health. So many awesome sessions. If you miss the event, you can still get access to these virtual coaching sessions, all the replays. Just go to GoalieSummit.com. Liz Hogan gave a great presentation about developing your own lacrosse goalie drills. Alex Reddy, amazing presentation about saving more low shots. So if you want to grab those replays, they're still available. You can get them at GoalieSummit.com. Just head over to www.GoalieSummit.com. Enjoy the show. Uh, Well, it is a pleasure to welcome to the show the goalie for Team Netherlands, Thomas Heitzma. Thomas, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Well, first international goalie that I've had on the podcast, and this is going to be episode 140-something, so... Uh, long time in the making, uh, but this is going to be tons of fun. Um, lots to talk about, but I would love to hear the story of how you got started with lacrosse and in particular, uh, a goalie, the goalie position. <laughs> for sure, for sure. 
Um, yeah, um, my story starts in 2009, actually. Um, I moved together with my family. We moved to Brussels and moved to a new school. And I guess, you know, with that whole thing, you know, it was kind of looking around like, okay, you know, what's next? Uh, also in terms of sports and my brother, actually younger brother, he started playing lacrosse first. And I think after a couple of weeks, he came home and he was like, Thomas, you need to play lacrosse. And I was like, okay, sure. Sounds good. What's in it, you know? And he was like, yeah, it's great. You get to hit people. And um, so I think for that, like, yeah, that's where it started. And um, so joined the lacrosse team, but started off as a midi actually. Yeah. Um, so played my first season as a midi and yeah, when fall ball came around, I took the step to, to play goalie and I haven't looked back since. So that was back in 2009 and yeah, it's it's been Love a long it. ride since. <laughs> yeah, so gosh, we're twenty twenty two. Yeah, over ten years, easily thirteen years. Um, why did you make the switch to goalie? Great question. Um, I think so. I I remember it vividly. Actually, there was a, a lacrosse tournament we went to with our team in Brussels in Berlin, actually, and playing against a bunch of other European teams and kind of in between games, we were just messing around and, you know, shooting a ball around like tennis ball around actually. And we wanted somebody to get in goal. And I picked up a stick, never picked up a goalie stick before and got in goal and turned out I was kind of good at it. Like I, yeah, I was saving some balls and it seemed interesting. And, and I mean, not that I didn't like the midi position, but I think there was something exciting about the goalie um, position that I was like, I, would really enjoy doing this. So I think after that summer, I went to my coach and I was like, Hey coach, I would like to play goalie. Yeah. And he said, okay, that's great. Now the sport, you know, in, in, in the Netherlands and Brussels, not, not that popular yet. Right. I mean, there it's all about football, uh, what us Americans would call soccer. Right. Um, yeah. When you started playing, I mean, did you play, did you play soccer growing up and play other sports? Yeah, for sure. Up? I think that's, that's kind of the main sport that I played growing up, um, played a little bit of volleyball, but mostly soccer. And then, um, yeah, once I moved to this new school, it was very competitive, um, especially with football and they, you know, had tryouts and everything and I wasn't feeling it. I think I had had, you know, what, 13 years playing football and I was like, okay, maybe it's time for something new. And yeah. yeah, lacrosse. It was something totally new. And as totally. you said, not a lot of people play it. So, and like when you would like carry your sticks or they'd see you out on the field practicing with like people, you know, like give you those eyes, like, like what, what is that? Cause I, you know, I play with my friends here in the park in Argentina and I mean, people would just come up to us and be like, what, what is that? What, you know, did, did you have that same experience? A hundred percent, anywhere, you know, anywhere we'd go, like taking the bus to school or, you know, walking around on the field, like even, even students at the same school would also be like, oh, what's that? What's, and still to this day, you know, like right. years later, I still like, you know, carry my lacrosse stick around and people come up to me and they're like, what, what are you doing? What sport is this? And so I think that also goes to show, you know, like it's, it's not very popular outside of, you know, the hotbeds of, I guess, the US, but it's definitely growing. I think people recognize it more and more, I think, due to, you know, um, its presence in, in movies and, and yeah. series and things like that. So I think that's really awesome to see, but I think definitely a lot of people give you the, the looks of like, oh, what, what is that? 
Yeah, most people, if they've seen it down here, they've seen it in a movie and particularly American Pie. That was like the movie that was like a popular movie where like the guys played lacrosse. And so they've like, yeah, kind of seen it a little bit, but have no idea, obviously, how to play. Yeah, That's cool. Yeah, exactly. How do, um, you know, one of the biggest challenges of starting an, an international program is the equipment. Like it's a challenge in the US. It's expensive, right? Like, you know, $100 helmet, $150 stick, $150 chest protector. How do you, um, how did you guys go about getting the gear? Um, I think most most clubs, I think that I've, I've played for, you know, they work off of donations that, you know, programs that they've, you know, worked with in the past will donate just like, you know, a bunch of helmets or, you know, I think things like that, where they'll just keep a stock. So I remember one of the first helmets that I wore when, you know, I moved to the Netherlands and started playing for the club team, like the university club team was one of these really old Ravel helmets with like the square, like it, it really old, you know, when yeah. you compare it to like the more modern cascades these days. Yeah. Um, so I think it's, it's definitely a huge thing. And I think nowadays, you know, it's, it's becoming more accessible, I think, especially within Europe, You've got a few more suppliers of gear that make it a bit more affordable. But I think at the end of the day, yeah, lacrosse is an expensive sport. And so yeah. I think we are kind of dependent on, you know, donations, um, players who, you know, have lived in, in the Netherlands, who then have connections in the U.S. will be able to, you know, bring some gear over. Um, but I guess at this point, we're also, you know, grateful to have links with World Lacrosse, um, mm. where they've also got a lot of programs in place to, you know, help subsidize clubs getting gear and things like that. So that's, that's really awesome to see. Yeah, that is awesome to see. That's cool. Uh, kind of going back to your story. So, you know, you're, you're playing lacrosse in Brussels. How do you, they say you want, I'm going to try out the goalie, jump in there. I'm pretty good. How do you go about learning the position? That I think that was definitely a tough one because I mean, at that level, we, we didn't have a goalie coach or, you know, anything of that nature. Um, we did have uh, a varsity goalie, so he had been playing for a couple of years because um, we had a JV team and a varsity team. And basically, I learned most of the basics from him. You know, it was, hey, Matt, teach me what there is to, to know. And so, you know, breaking down just how to stand, how to hold the stick, very basic, you know, things like that. And I would say that's where it started. And the rest I had to teach myself, um, yeah. what worked, what didn't work. Um, and yeah, of course you learn some bad habits along the way, but I think, you know, over the years have been able to like grind out a lot of those and yeah. What, what have been far. some of those bad habits for you? Oh, I think just, you know, standing out of position, um, holding the stick wrong, um, you know, flared out chicken wings, you know, like mm -hmm. little, little things like this, that now, you know, after years of, of playing, you realize, you know, how restricted you were, or, you know, how just like these tiny little adjustments of how you even hold the stick and where you hold your stick can make such a huge impact of, of your reaction to the ball. And, 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 and how quickly you can save the ball and, and also how quickly you can save the ball and then push transition, you know, things, things like that. Um, yeah, have been pretty, pretty huge. And I think now, you know, with experience, but also I think with, with newer coaches and now I'm lucky enough to have an awesome goalie coach who's really been able to like work, putting in time, like working on, you know, some of these habits and, and really like perfecting form and kind of how, how to, be a better goalie. And I yeah. think that's awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. 
Uh, you mentioned learning from Matt, the other, you know, the sort of the starting goalie. Um, any other goalies come to mind? Like did, back then, did you did you watch pro, pro lacrosse? Did you you watch it today? Like any other goalies come to mind? Like wow, I really like his style. I've learned a lot just from watching that guy play. Oh no, great question for sure. Um, I think back then, you know, it was also around like you know when YouTube was was starting. So I think um, in terms of watching pro lacrosse, lacrosse, not so much back then. But I do remember you know, vividly also looking up stuff on YouTube and I think finding uh, YouTube videos of um, Scotty Rogers, for example. And, mm -hmm. you know, it, like he had some, he had some tutorial videos. Um, but I think also then just finding more and more clips of like Scotty Rogers, um, Galloway, um, Blaze Reardon, for example, back in his days at, at Albany. Like, like, I think those, those kind of left a big impact. And, you know, I think nowadays it's so much more accessible to be able to watch lacrosse um because also here in europe you know we we all watch lacrosse in in the u.s uh, be it you know ncaa college but now also with like the pll right it's, it's awesome to, to to be able to just watch them play at that level and and i think also in terms of learning there's so much to learn from actually being able to watch uh them in action totally Totally. Well, and, and talk with them. That's what we're doing on these podcasts too. Cause once exactly. you, yeah, once you get to get in there and break it down with them, it's, it's uh, you get, you get to see some of the behind the scenes action and, and it's awesome. It's awesome stuff. Um, so speaking of like styles, everyone kind of, every goalie kind of plays a little bit of a different style. Um, I've watched some tape of you. You're pretty, you're a big, you're a big dude. I mean, the, the Dutch, <laughs> the Dutch are the, but the Dutch are a tall, a tall nation, right? So you're, you're kind of a tall yeah. goalie. How do you describe your, your style? Um, yeah, I think a good point. I think, I think I've got height on my side. So I think, uh, I think that's, that's something I use to play in my advantage, but I think in terms of kind of how I stand, it's mostly, you know, a pretty medium arc, I guess you could say like not super high, but not super flat either kind of um, I think that's ended up working out the best for me in terms of, you know, tracking shooters and moving across, um, and then in terms of my stance, I wouldn't say super wide, um, either. I mean, I think, you know, nowadays I see some goalies that are, you know, super wide stance. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, no, I'd say a pretty, pretty standard st uh, stance in there, but I think, yeah, I think using my height to my advantage, I, I think I've got a lot of athleticism there. Um, but I think one of the main things for my style, and I think a lot of the players can attest to that is I'm a very vocal goalie. Um, I love, love, love that part of being a goalie is just, you know, being the general on the field and, and, you know, sending the defense around and, and being able to communicate with them. Um, I think, you know, games where I'll just be hoarse after, after for a couple of days, because, you know, I, I'm yeah. Barking orders at the defense and, and I think that's something I really love. Yeah. Yeah. Were you, was that always a part of your personality or was that something that as you started playing goalie and realized hey I've got to be a little bit more vocal in this in this role no for sure I think definitely something I learned more as as I started playing goalie I mean mm, I think yeah. me as a character off the field I'm quite a you know quiet normal reserved person but I there's something about being a goalie and in that position you put the helmet on and you see the field and I feel that there's like that bit of responsibility as a goalie, because you do have that like unique vantage point to be right. able to help your defense. And 
I think there's also, yeah, it, it, it helps so much to be able to be vocal and gives me confidence in a way as well, standing there and being able to, to be loud and um, know what the defense is doing too. Yeah, I love that. Um, what would you say is your favorite part about being a lacrosse goalie? Yeah, I think what what I was just saying as well, the communication, like being the communication, and yeah. just being like that, that that. I guess it all stems from being that last line of defense in a way, because you are, you know, you can make a team or break a team, and I think there's a certain responsibility that comes with that. But I think it's also an awesome challenge, you know, and you are yeah, the last line of defense and you get to see the whole field, you get to watch it all unfold and you get to be there. And the last one who's able to make that awesome save and get your team back on, on offense. And I think that's, you know, such an awesome position. Um, and I'm sure it's similar in other sports as well, but I think that the fast pace of lacrosse and, you know, how high scoring it, it, it can be, I think it's, um, yeah, even more important to, yeah, to, 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 to have those skills and be able to, you know, get the ball out and, and be ready for the next, uh, the next play. Yeah. Um, next question I wanted to ask you is like in the U S you know, you got universities and, 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 and kids play for the universities and there's a whole, you know, the NCAA, there's a whole league associated with the universities, which I think is very, us right like in europe like the the universities don't have sports teams right and so when you when you go to advance to like your next level is it purely club or what does that look like yeah so i think no definitely what you said um in europe most of the time yeah it's it's not linked to universities it's more city-based um club teams Mm -hmm. um so you know in a country like the netherlands you know it's it's very much like the bigger cities will have a lacrosse team but then you do play across the country which i think is really awesome because you get to travel around and and you know play in different cities and play against different clubs um but definitely there are some teams that are more fueled with students um i think in the netherlands and i would say across europe really like a lot of people start playing lacrosse once they go to university mm -hmm. like they've probably played you know, football or hockey um, growing up. But then once they reach that university level, they want to try something new. So then they want to take the step and, and try a new sport, which is when they would, you know, find lacrosse and, and start playing a new sport. Um, so yeah, then, yeah, you play it at, at, at club level. And I think there's usually a couple different divisions. Um, but yeah, then in, in Europe, most of the time, that next level up is then playing for your national team. Um, yeah. So is it, is it big enough? You, I think you mentioned maybe before we hit record, you're from Rotterdam. Uh, you're living yeah. in Rotterdam. Is it big enough where Rotterdam has a team and Amsterdam has a team or, or not that, not that big? Yeah, no, for sure. I think, uh, Rotterdam has a team. Amsterdam has a team. Um, the Hague, um, kind of all the big cities in, in the Netherlands would, would have a team. Um, hmm. and you know, that, yeah, that makes it super awesome because you can travel around and, visit all these different places. Yeah, I bet. I would love to do that. <laughs> yeah. In the Netherlands. Um, so you, you're on the national team now. Tell me, you know, how that, how that came to be. When was the first time you kind of heard about this national team? When was the first time you realized, you know, what was it something years ago? You're like, kind of put your, 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 your eyes on you and made it a goal or how did, how did that come to be? 
Yeah, I think this was definitely something that I stumbled upon years ago. Um, the European Lacrosse Championships were actually held in Amsterdam in 2012, um, which is kind of the first time that I was able to watch the national teams, um, not only the Dutch team, but, you know, kind of all the big teams in Europe. And me and my brother, we both went and watched, uh, yeah, the European Championships in Amsterdam. And yeah, seeing the the Dutch team, especially like coming out there and dressed out in orange and, you know, yeah. hearing the national anthem there, there was something that like lit inside of me where I was like, this is, this is awesome. I, I want to do this. And yeah, so then it was kind of a work from, from then on to make it happen. And I think I moved to the Netherlands in 2014. And by 2015, um, I, you know, made the step to kind of go to an open training from the Dutch national team. Um, Cause I guess how it works here is then you, every two years, there's usually a tournament, either the European championships or the world championships. And then in between, they usually have kind of an open period where they'll have open trainings. So you're still training at, you know, national team level, but it's open to kind of anybody that's interested in this. And I decided to go and, um, you know, saw it as an opportunity to learn from, you know, the current, you know, um, Dutch goalies at the time and the coaching staff and things like that. And yeah, it, it was awesome. Um, some of the best, you know, lacrosse practices I've ever had and, being able to train at such a high level was, was really cool. And yeah, from then cool. on it, it, <laughs> it, it kept going and yeah, at some point then they'll have tryouts and, and that's what I did. And yeah. I think that was back in 2017 did tryouts so, and, and made the team. Nice. And so did you, were you on the team in Israel in 2018 and the world championships? Yeah. Tell yeah. me about yeah. that. So that was, that, got a bit, that must've been pretty cool. That was, that was a really awesome experience. That was, I mean, for me, my first international big tournament on, on, on well, at this point, the world stage, I mean, and right. traveling to Israel was unbelievable experience. I mean, it was, yeah, you know, I think we were there in total for 10 days, but you, you work towards this for, for, you know, two years, I guess, in my case, um, you know what the goal is and, at, at, at the end of the day, you know, you got to trust the training that's been put in. And, you know, we, we played some really awesome games, um, you know, playing against team Japan, playing against team New Zealand, like the unforgettable experiences. And not to mention, you know, you're there with a group of amazing guys who are, you know, as dedicated to lacrosse as you are. And yeah, you're there for, for one reason. And then one reason only is to, to play at the world championships. And that was unforgettable experience yeah how'd you guys do um we ended up getting 22nd out of 46 countries um so i think we wanted to obviously you know end higher than yeah. than we did but i think you know the way that these championships works is you know you're you're dependent on kind of what what pool you end up in so we had a really yeah. tough uh pool with team norway and team japan um so japan's usually you know in the top top tier of the world so that was a tough game um yeah. really awesome by the way but um 
yeah, we, we just didn't do as well in, in that initial phase. And so we ended up in that kind of lower, lower bracket, but um, I think we can still be happy to be in the top 50% of, yeah. of the world. And um, I think, you know, there, there are clear goals that we have uh, moving forward, at least, you know, next year, 2023 in San Diego to, uh, to place higher. And I think we're, we're well on course for that. I love it. Well, I hope to see you there. I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to try and make it. I I'm from California. So, um, that would you know, be awesome. Yeah. We can meet up. That would be, that would be amazing. Um, yeah. And good, and good luck. Good, good luck to you. Um, when you think about like the best lacrosse goalies to come out of the Netherlands besides yourself, who, who comes to mind? Ooh, it's, a, it's an excellent question. I mean, I think, I think it's a, it's a tricky question because I think there's, you know, a distinction between, you know, Dutch, you know, raised goalies, um, I guess, kind of like myself, you know, I've yeah. never lived in the US, you know, I've, I've kind of been part of the, the European scene versus, you know, goalies or, or, or players for the Dutch national team who have grown up in the US but have heritage so that mm. they're eligible to play. So I know back in 2012, you know, Grant Zimmerman, he was the goalie for the Dutch national team. And that's, you know, that's it's an awesome goalie and he played phenomenally like, and, and that's, I mean, I think looking back, he made, you know, um, during the COVID period, the Dutch team had this whole all decade team for, for, you know, the Dutch national team and Grant Zimmerman was, was on it. And I think not without reason, you know, I think he's an amazing goalie, um, to, to, you know, have been able to dress up in the orange for, for the Dutch national team. And, um, I think, cool. yeah, I think he's definitely one that would, would come to mind um, for sure. That's cool. How do, uh, I'm just curious, how do, you know, how do Dutch nationals feel about those type of players? Cause you've got, you know, guys, like you said, the world rules, I forget how many it is, but you can have a certain number of players that have heritage. So like you said, they've, they've grown up in the U S but their grandpa was from the Netherlands. Right. So that, so they qualify. Um I'm curious how, you know, how the, how the blend comes into play in terms of the team chemistry. Yeah, no, that's a great question. And I know that this is, you know, it's something that, that also, also gets talked about. And I think now as a program, you know, moving forward, um, you know, the, I think the goal is to make it as much as, you know, a Dutch grown team as possible. Um, mm -hmm. But I think, you know, at the end of the day, when you look at kind of the, the depth um, in, in, in certain players, you know, guys who are from the U S you know, who have, you know, been playing lacrosse since they are three years old, for example, you know, there's, there's a huge difference. And I think what those kinds of players bring is, is definitely a sense of leadership on the field. And I think, you know, that's, that's why still, you know, we, we do bring those players along because they, they have a certain level of lacrosse IQ and, and a leadership right. that they can bring to the rest of the players in terms of, you know, coaching on the field and being able to set up certain things. Um, and I think, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's the chemistry as, as far as I've experienced, hasn't, you know, hasn't been um, perceived negatively or anything, but I mm -hmm. do feel that um, there, there is a sentiment that moving forward, I think any program um, outside of the U S would want to, you know, be as much homegrown as possible. I think it's sure. also better to, you know, encourage your development in, in that sense. Um, but, you know, I think all of these guys, yeah, they're, they're amazing players. So we love having them. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. of course. But, yeah. Yeah. That's but awesome. I think it's an interesting one because also now the euros that are the European qualifiers that are coming up in April um, will be really interesting because 
Um, because they're in April now, it's also at the same time as the NCAA. So a lot of those players wouldn't be able to play for their national teams. So mm -hmm. I think it does in a way make this kind of level more level playing field um, across Europe where, you know, you don't have teams that are as much stocked with, with these American based players, but it's now, it's, it's now more really representative of kind of what the homegrown base is looking like. Um, so yeah. That's that really interesting. Makes, yeah, it is interesting. Makes total sense. Are those, um, I imagine those are going to be streamed somewhere on the internet, huh? I'll, mm -hmm. I'll have to try and watch those games in April. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Do you know in where April they're going to be in Wroclaw in Poland? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, cause basically because of COVID the European championships conventionally have been postponed a couple of times and now they've opted for a sort of qualifier um, format where basically it, it, a bunch of the teams that placed well enough during the worlds, they're automatically qualified for the worlds. And now the other, I guess the other teams are now fighting for those last spots to be able to qualify for the world championships. Um, Love it. Love it. Yeah. What do, um, what does your goalie training regimen look like these days? Um, I think we, we'd mentioned uh, maybe before we hit record, you just, just, just graduated, just, just finished the studies, moved on to kind of the working world. Wh what are you, um, how are you training? Uh, great question. Um, I think my training right now is, is a big mix of kind of, um, both on field and off field training. Um, I would say I've got lacrosse practice three times a week. Um, so twice with my club here in Rotterdam and then once a week with the national team, um, usually every Saturday we do kind of a big whole day kind of training day. Um, oh, wow. and then in between, um, I mix things up with both gym sessions. So we, you know, from, I guess the national team as well, we get some gym programs. So working on some strength, uh, things in the gym. Um, but then I also really love, you know, hitting the field and doing speed ladder stuff, jump rope, um, hitting the wall, um, kind of, you know, things, things like that. So I'd say it's a big mix with, uh, with kind of everything. Um, so it is a huge time commitment, especially to make it work with, with work um, yeah. as well, but it's usually, you know, finish work and head out the door to either the field or the gym to, yeah practicing yeah and are those training sessions like what i would think of a normal club university practice or is it like just more like scrimmages no i'd say we we definitely do like full-on practices with yeah. you know the two hour long sessions um you know where we'll we'll build up with a bunch of different drills shooting drills um defensive drills offensive drills and by the end you know we'll do some sort of scrimmage to um you know, simulate game, uh, situations, um, to, yep. to actually, yeah, to be able to work, uh, work towards that. Yeah. Love it. That's awesome. Um, has there ever been a time for you where you went through a slump, you know, where there was some shots that you're like, Hey, I, I should be saving those. I'm not saving those. Um, I'm curious if that ever happened to you. And if so, how did you go about getting out of that? Yeah, no, I um, definitely went through went through a slump like that. Um, I think it was off of an injury, actually. Um, I took a gnarly shot to the calf muscle and ended up tearing a bit of my calf muscle, which oh, was man. not fun at all. Um, <laughs> but I guess, you know, once you get over, like, the physical recovery, I think mentally that was the biggest thing where, you know, that 
that mental block of, you know, remembering the pain and remembering, you know, that period afterwards where, you know, you couldn't walk and you couldn't play lacrosse, um, that that still, you know, played, played a huge role in my game. And I remember, yeah, games after that, where I just wasn't saving, especially low shots where, you know, there was sure. that, that, that mental, I guess, afraidness of the ball. Um, I think that's something that, you know, had to really, you know, grind out. And I think that was, you know, something that I was able to work with, um, you know, coaches at the time and, you know, focus on, you know, okay, we're going to take away actual lacrosse balls and just go tennis balls for a while. And, you know, just, just, you know, get used to that again and, you know, yeah. working, working your way up past those mental blockages. Um, and yeah, now like I, I definitely moved on from that. So I think that's, that's good. But um, yeah, I think the mental part of, of, you know, being a lacrosse goalie and not, not only, you know, getting scored against, but the ball hurts um, and, you know, being able to, you know, work your way around that and, and, you know, be able to put your, put yourself, your body in front of these, these shots that are coming um, is, is a huge part of being a, being a lacrosse goalie as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point on the uh, you know, overcoming the injury or just getting out of a slump is like, sometimes you got to break it down and go way back to the basics and use tennis balls and, and, and work on that tech. I mean, stuff that you learn day one, day two, day three, right. Go back to that stuff. And it sounds like that's what you did. I, I can't imagine the, the amount of pain that must've been because the calf for me is one of the most painful areas to start with. And it, it you got hit so hard. It tore a little bit of that muscle. That's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah yeah it was it was not a fun time <laughs> yeah do you wear a little pad on there now or you still go not no pads on the legs no i do actually so i i i wear shin pads um not yeah. like big you know bulky i guess the the like standard lacrosse shin pads but i've got these like little soccer shin pads i guess kind of similar to what um adam gittleman actually came out with kind of these yeah. little little pads um I think for me, that's more just a mental thing, more of like, I, I joke and call it my insurance policy, where I just know that there's, you know, that little sliver of plastic in between me and the ball. Um, and I feel like that also, also, also helps me get, you know, past that, that blockage. Um, and so, so yeah, I do. I, yeah. I, yeah. I, 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 wear, I, uh, I totally, I'm a hundred percent on board with that, especially the soccer shin guards, right? Cause it's not like mm -hmm. if you're covering the shin, it's, that's not even a joint. Um, right. I mean, if you have like some soccer shin guards have like the ankle pads, um, that kind of like restrict movement in the ankle, which I think if mm -hmm. you're a kid, you know, you should still, you should still, um, do that. Cause getting hit in the ankle sucks just as much, <laughs> Yeah. but anyway, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a lot of it is up here. It's like just kind of knowing that, all right, I'm, I'm protected. I can really attack the ball. Um, as yeah. opposed, as opposed to, uh, you know, sitting back and just having that, flash of fear in your head that you mentioned um i think it really helps so that's cool yeah um really cool um cool it, you know with all your experience now i mean you've played thir 13 years or so um what you know what advice would you go back and give the the young the young goalie thomas just starting out um i think I think a huge part of advice that, that I would give to, you know, a younger me or just a younger goalie in general is, is kind of working on the basics and the fundamentals. And I think a huge part for me that, that, um, 
I've really needed to work on is, is, you know, the footwork and things like that. And that's something that I love doing to this day, you know, jump rope and speed ladders and things like that is just being able to, you know, have those quick feet. And it's, it's such a basic thing, but it, I think the, the benefits of it are, are huge, especially for the goalie position where, you know, it's, it's reaction and having to move quick um, has, has been a huge thing that I've definitely seen improve my game in the last few years. Um, so I think if I could go back, yeah, for sure. I'd, uh, I think, yeah, good stance and, and good, good fundamentals is also a huge part, but I think, yeah, working on those basics like footwork is, is a huge thing. Um, and wall ball, wall ball is, is a great thing as a goalie as well. Um, I, I, yeah, some people don't understand why me as a goalie has to do wall ball, but I think it's, it's, it's a very important part of, of being a goalie as well. 100% agree. 100% agree. I mean, if you think about it, we're playing a high speed game of catch. And so, you know, the yeah. more that you're capable of throwing and catching, like the better you're going to be as a lacrosse goalie, those, those stick skills definitely translate. Um, and then there's certain drills too, like the dock drill, I, you know, mm -hmm. where, where you kind of throw it against the wall and then make your saves like at an yeah. angle. And each time you get closer and closer, uh, that yeah, exactly right out there. Drill. Yeah. Um, it's funny. I had him on the show and I asked him what, drills he did to get better and he's like he thought a second he's like i just did the doc drill and i did it a million times <laughs> i'm like hey, all right it works it cool. works you know yeah all right that'll get you in the hall of fame so there you go use use that drill um that's awesome um do you guys i was just just curious do you guys when you play do you speak in dutch like or do you do you communicate on, uh, in english as as a team on the field Great question. I mean, I think a lot of times it's a mix of the two. Um, I think either way in, in the Netherlands, um, the level of English is already quite high. I think a lot of kids, you know, are, are learning English from a very young age. And I think because of, you know, the American influence of lacrosse and the terminology that we use, a lot of it is English anyway. Um, and our coaching staff, especially at the, the, the Dutch national team level, they're also English, um, as, as a native, uh, Tongue. So most of that goes in Dutch, but you know, when our defense gets together, you know, after, uh, after a goal or something, you know, then we'll, we'll talk in Dutch and we'll talk through things like, Oh, you know, what happens. And I think that's also awesome of playing at that, at the uh, national team level is when you get to play against these teams and hear all these different languages on the field. Yeah. And um, also kind of a, like a unique way that you know the the other team doesn't know what you're talking about so you don't know you know what, yeah. what their next play is going to be and i think that's quite unique um as well yeah yeah so i'd say a mix of both uh, mix of both okay um i did a clinic here in argentina and i speak spanish but there's no like there's no word for you know dodge or cradle or <laughs> You know, so you just exactly. you just say those words in English. Um, it's, it's, so it ends up being, like you said, this hybrid of speaking in Spanish. But then anytime there's like a, you know, roll dodge, like a like a like, you know, uh, technical term, like you just say the English version, and it, it's like that in exactly. Dutch too. Yeah, yep, that's awesome. Um, I saw you put out this reel. You guys got some new helmets, huh? I, I love that. I laughed yeah. so I laughed so hard about that. That was awesome. <laughs> Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was uh yeah, a couple of weeks ago we we got our yeah, our new new helmets for the Dutch team. And I mean, you know, we were super grateful and and you know honored to get the the latest, you know, Cascade XRS. And I mean, that's yeah, I didn't you do everything in it. You do, you do everything in it. Yeah. I'll I'll link up to that reel when when this podcast comes out. That was that was pretty funny. 
Um, well, this has been tons of fun. I'm going to wish you tons of luck in, in San Diego and, and the upcoming, um, you know, Euro tournament. I'll, I'll watch that. Uh, maybe we'll get some save edits going on. Um, yeah, that would that. be awesome. Yeah. Um, any other, you know, advice or you, th- you think things that are kind of different playing at, at the international level that you want to leave the, the listeners with? Um, I think, you know, it, it's especially for, you know, all I guess other international players out there is, you know, it's, it's growing. Lacrosse is growing so fast and, you know, it's, it's so awesome to see. Um, so, you know, if, if you're in a position that you, you know, you want to play lacrosse, do it. It's, it, it's growing. And, um, you know, I think we're, we're making a statement that lacrosse is here to stay. Um, and I'm so excited to see, you know, kind of where lacrosse is going to be, you know, 10 years from now um, in Europe, because I think that's, it's, it's going to be completely different than, than what we're used to now. And, um, I think it's, it's an awesome future for, for lacrosse internationally as well. Um, especially, you know, if we're looking at, you know, possible inclusion in, in the Olympics and, mm-hmm. you know, now with the world games coming up where, you know, you've got team Germany and, and British lacrosse going, um, and being able to compete at that stage. I think it's the future for lacrosse internationally is just so exciting that, you know, I want to do whatever I can do to, you know, be in shape, um, come 2028, that, you know, who knows what'll, uh, what'll happen by then. Um, I love it. So, I yeah. love it. Have you, um, have you ever, have you played the style of the sixes? Yeah, we have. Um, yeah. so we've, we've experimented a little bit with that, um, here in the Netherlands. Um, because yeah, since, since kind of the announcements about the inclusion in the Olympic games, that that will be the new format, you know, I think, you know, all international programs do in a way need to kind of be able to, to, experiment with that new style um so yeah we've definitely played a, a couple you know just internal internal tournaments um mm-hmm. and it's awesome it's yeah, it's I, uh, it's it's i mean definitely different from i guess your conventional field across huge change in pace um it's so much faster um but it's it's awesome like it's it's yeah. really yeah it's it's really fast paced and it's it's exciting <laughs> Yeah. And if you haven't seen it, you know, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen it, you know, it's, it's, it's got elements of, of, of box in that, like, you know, it's a smaller field, six on yep. six, um, no face-offs or after goals. So, you know, once you get scored on the goalie picks it out out of the back of the net and game games on, you just games on keep going. Um, and it, you know, I think the idea was to sort of level the playing field a little bit. Cause right now you've got, you know, us, Canada, Iroquois, probably as like the top three, every single, every single year, maybe some other teams, you know, in there, but hands down, those are the, the, the best teams. And, and so to make it, you know, more internationally appealing, you got to level the playing field and by making smaller rosters and kind of this version of the game, I think that's, that's the idea. Yeah, for Uh, sure. For sure. And I think also kind of leveling the playing field also between men's lacrosse and women's lacrosse. I think that's kind of also been a big, big part of also the inclusion in, in the Olympics is trying to make those, you know, differences as, as little as possible. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, yeah, when, once you do, you know, sixes and I think, you know, you look at, um, you know, team USA has, uh, I think also been experimenting a lot with the sixes and also doing combined things with the men and women together because, you know, yeah, at, at, at that point, you know, the game is, is the same. Um, yeah, that's interesting. That is interesting. Yeah. I'd love to see more, commonalities between the men's and women's lacrosse because um 
selfishly, like women's lacrosse, there's a lot of elements I just don't, I don't get. And it's, it's a really weird feeling as, as a, as a full-time lacrosse coach. I like, I, I don't know. I got to sit down with some female experts in the game and just like, what is that call right there? Like I, sometimes I don't, I don't understand the calls. I, I feel the same way about rugby, you know, like I understand the mm-hmm. idea, the, the basic idea, but every once in a while there's like a call and I'm just like, what, what is that? I don't, you what know what I mean? <laughs> Um, the other interesting thing about the sixes is the roster sizes are like, they're not big, right? I mean, I don't, I don't know how many, do you know how many official players you can have? Um, I think 12 in 12. total, at least I think that's, that's what it is for the world games coming yeah. up this summer. Um, cause I, I know a couple guys, uh, you know, that play for, uh, England lacrosse, for example. So, you know, talking to them and seeing what that process is like. And I think, yeah, they go with, with 12, 12 with guys. 12. And you got six players on the field, six on six yeah. with the goalie. Um, and so, you know, it's that seven players and it's like, who are, who are your five subs? Like, do you carry another goalie? Probably not. Right. Probably like, not. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, you know, you got to have somebody on the team that can, you know, in a horrible scenario where your starting goalie goes down that can like jump in there, which is just so fascinating to me. Yeah. Yeah. So I think also, you know, in that, in that sense, you know, having to think on the, on that level as well, you know, tactically as well, like, you know, then, then you're also looking at players, you know, much more in terms of their depth. And I think that's also what's awesome about sixes is you need to have a lot of two-way guys that are, yeah. you know, able to run up, but then drop back into defense because it just goes so much faster. And that's yeah, where your MIDI experience position. comes into play, Thomas. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so all goalies get out there, hit the wall, work on your work on everything. Um, well, cool, man. This has been tons of fun. I'm so glad we, we were able to do this. Um, let's talk a little bit, if you, you got some more time, a little bit about the mental game. I think we, I think we hit on it, um, a little bit earlier in the conversation, but, um, you know, when you think about mental toughness, when it comes to, you know, being a lacrosse goalie, like what, what comes to mind for you? I think a couple things, you know, I think, being a lacrosse goalie, you know, it's, it's not only, you know, having to be that sharp focus of being able to, you know, track the ball and save the ball, but it's also, you know, being able to push your body to the limit and, you know, be able to dive in front of, you know, these, these hard rubber balls flying at you. Um, and then also the part of, you know, when you do, you know, concede a goal that, you know, you're going to have to turn around and scoop that ball out of the net and hit that reset button. And I think, you know, that's kind of a big part of it where I think it's so easy to get into this negative spiral of, oh, they scored and, you know, you'll overanalyze everything you did. But I think a big, big part of it is also, you know, okay, they scored. What's next? You know, how are you going to clear your mind and be ready for, for the next play? Because, you know, that's, that's lacrosse. Um, so, you know, you toss the ball to the, uh, to the ref and, have a talk with your, with your defense. And then you go back to your crease and you got to have that toughness to be able to just back to zero and focus on the next play and be ready for, for anything and trust your body more than anything to, you know, be able to react to the ball because, you know, in most cases you are fast enough and you can make that save. It's, it's yeah. Being able to make that, you know, mind body connection of, okay, let's do it. Yeah. Love it. Such great advice. Um, we just did the Tillman Johnson uh, little mini camp, um, which you got to check out, by the way. It was awesome. It was awesome. Anyway, he broke down this one play of, you know, where he makes a save and he throws like a horrible outlet pass. I mean, it's like comically bad. 
And it's like, and he talked about how, like, that was a huge moment, right? Because it's like, I just made this horrible bonehead play. And, but now what? Now what? Like now, like, you know, I could let that go to my head and I could not be as in into it as I could be, or I could make three saves in a row, to- which he did, right? Totally change <laughs> the, the momentum of the game and win a national championship. So it speaks to exactly what you just said of, you know, once you give up a goal, it's like, well, what's next, right? Move on, short-term memory. And it's so cliche. Everyone says it on the podcast, but they say it for a reason because it's true. Yeah, no, for sure. And I mean, I, I think I also, you know, have to say with that, that it's, you know, easier said than done. Um, I think it's it's also, you know, once you're in that negative spiral of negative talk and like, oh, you know, that frustration, you know, it's it's really tough. And I, I still struggle with this to, to this day, but um it's so important to, you know, actually be able to take that moment and, um, you know, yeah, ground yourself and be like, okay, what's next step by step and break it down into just these, these smaller, smaller bits and, and just focus on the next save. Um, so it is cliche, but it, it yeah. works. <laughs> uh, easier said than done. So true. That, that's, that's the lacrosse goalie position in a nutshell, right? Easier, yeah. easier said than done. It's so easy to break down these slow motion saves. You're like, well, what you really want to do is drive your top hand to the ball, get your foot outside the shot. And then, and then you got a 95 mile an hour shot coming at you. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot easier said than done, but, uh, Hey, I love it. Well, cool. Thomas, thank you so much for, uh, like I said, coming on the podcast. Uh, this has been tons of fun. If you had to leave the goalies out there with, uh, with one last piece of advice, what would it be? I would say, um, yeah, stay true to the fundamentals and just follow your dreams. Just do it. And, you know, I think, um, at the end of the day, you put in the work and, it pays off um, on the field, off the field. Um, if you've got goals, work towards it. And, you know, at the end of the day, the work you do, it, it pays off eventually. I love it. How do you say like in Dutch, how do you say something like, let's go or, you know, some sort of expression. <laughs> it's like another that. one of those like Englishisms that, that probably translates to roughly the same in, in Dutch. Um, but you could say, zet them op. Zet them like, op. Zet them yeah. op. There we go. We'll leave, we'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at the zit them up. Uh, Thomas, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. So there you have it. Hope you enjoyed that episode. It's a great goalie. Thomas Heitzma, Team Netherland, representing the Dutch in Poland right now for the European qualifiers. I can't wait to watch some of that lacrosse. I think the stream will be out there somewhere. Maybe we could do a save edit on that one, huh? Uh, Team Netherlands tried to make it to the World Championships in 2023 in San Diego. I've got a little personal goal to be at those games. Anyone else planning on being at those games? I think they're in June, maybe July 2023 in San Diego. Got a bunch of friends in San Diego. It's going to be awesome. That'll do it this week. Hope you enjoyed that episode. Hope you learned a thing or two. You can still get Goalie Summit replays. That's www.goaliesummit.com. Dot com. That's some of the best lacrosse goalie education you're going to find. I've been re-watching those videos and just learning so much, so much good stuff. It's unbelievable uh, the level of coaching that you can get from those videos. That's www.goaliesummit.com. Check that out. In the meantime, get out there, get some work in, do well, and be well. I'm Coach Damon. Take care. 
You've been listening to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast with your host, Coach Damon Wilson. 